The scripture reading today is from Genesis 37, verses 17 through 28. Hear these words of scripture. So Joseph went after his brothers and found them near Dothan. But they saw him in the distance, and before he reached them, they plotted to kill him. Here comes that dreamer, they said to each other. Come now, let's kill him and throw him into one of these cisterns and say that it is a ferocious animal that devoured him. Then we'll see what comes of his dreams. When Reuben heard this, he tried to rescue him from their hands. Let's not take his life, he said. Don't shed any blood. Throw him into this cistern here in the wilderness, but don't lay a hand on him. Reuben said this to rescue him from them and to take him back to his father. So when Joseph came to his brothers, they stripped him of his robe, the ornate robe that he was wearing, and they took him and threw him into the cistern. The cistern was empty. There was no water in it. As they sat down to eat their meal, they looked up and saw a caravan of Ishmaelites coming from Gilead. Their camels came loaded with spices, balm, and myrrh, and they were on their way to take them down to Egypt. Judah said to his brothers, what will we gain if we kill our brother and cover up his blood? Come, let's sell him to the Ishmaelites and not lay our hands on him. After all, he is our brother, our own flesh and blood. His brothers agreed. So when the Midianite merchants came by, his brothers pulled Joseph up out of the cistern and sold him for 20 shekels of silver to the Ishmaelites who took him to Egypt. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Lisa. <laughs> Lisa is one who last week I, um, I shared that if you are interested in being a liturgist that you can let me know and, and you can be a liturgist. And she said, oh, I can be a liturgist. And I said, okay, how about next week? I won't always do that. I'll give you some breathing time, but just letting you know that thank you, Lisa, for saying yes. This is one of these scriptures where we read it. We read the end. So when the Midianite merchants came by, his brothers pulled Joseph up out of the cistern and sold him for 20 shekels of silver to the Ishmaelites, who then took him to Egypt. And then we say the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. And it just seems a little bit silly or funny to me. Yes, this is the word of God, but this is one of those scriptures where it's like, what is happening? And we get to dig in. So what is happening in this scripture is this is, this is sibling rivalry at its best or its worst. And this year, um, for this summer, both of my kids, they went away to summer camp. But due to their schedules, scheduling conflicts, they weren't able to go on the same week. I was really looking forward to having a week that was just quiet, you know, and wasn't crazy. But they went on separate weeks, and so I was a little bit frustrated at first, but then I realized the blessing that was in that. Russ and I got to have an entire week where we got to focus on one child and just love on them. 
And I'm, I'm grateful that one of the positive things that came out of COVID, one of the good things that came out was that my children, they learned that they were around each other a lot. And yeah, at first they were like butting heads, right? But then as they got used to being around each other and like, oh, you're the only person that I'm going to get to play with other than our parents, they started getting along better and they started playing together better. But like any siblings, they still fight, and they still bicker, and they compete for their parents' attention. They have their own version of sibling rivalry, competing for the cuddles and saying things like, well, why do I always get in trouble and she never gets in trouble? Or why do you always make me do the chores and why doesn't he have to do any chores? And we know that neither of these statements are actually true, right? But that's how they're feeling in that moment. In today's scripture, we see that sibling rivalry has been going on ever since there were siblings, really. And we've seen and read about several different instances in the past few weeks where we've had these Abraham's family line of just sibling rivalry after sibling rivalry. But today's scripture seems to be one of the most well-known stories of this. Maybe because there's a play on it, I don't know, or maybe because it's just so extreme. In today's scripture that Lisa read for us, Joseph's brothers, they hate him so much that they plot to kill him. Now, to their credit, they don't, but in verse 19, we see their hatred, the extent of the hatred. It says, here comes that dreamer, they said to each other, come now, let's kill him and let's throw him into one of these cisterns and say that a ferocious animal devoured him. Then we'll see what this dreamer comes of his dreams. Now, Joseph's brothers, they had good reason to hate him. In verse 3 of um, chapter 37 of Genesis, we see that, that their father, Jacob, loved Joseph more than any of his other sons. And it says, because he had been born, Joseph had been born to him in his old age. And he made an ornate robe. His dad made an ornate robe for him. So not only did their brother, did their father love Joseph more than anyone else, But then he gave Joseph a beautiful robe so that everybody would be reminded that he was the favorite all of the time. They could never forget that he was daddy's favorite. And so then to add on to that, Joseph had the gift of interpreting dreams. And so then he shared a couple of his dreams with his brothers. And in these dreams, his brothers bowed down to Joseph. So not only is this the favored child who has this beautiful ornate robe, but now he's saying, oh, I'm so wonderful that someday you are all going to bow down to me. We can see where their hatred came from. And then, let us not forget that Joseph had a tendency to tattle on his brothers to their father. He'd already done it once, so then when his brothers see Joseph coming again, they're thinking, oh, here comes daddy's favorite. I wonder what he's going to tattle on us for this time. And so all of this jealousy and this anger and resentment, it leads them to, to plotting to kill their own brother, their own flesh 
and blood. Now again, to their credit, they don't. They just toss him in this empty cistern, this empty well. And then they sell him to some merchants who are traveling by. But then they take his coat and they put some blood on it and they take it to their father. And they say, I don't, we don't know what happened to Joseph, but, but isn't this the, the coat that you gave him? They know full well it is. And then they lead their father to the conclusion that, that Joseph had died, hoping that they would get more affection from him. That's all they wanted, was their father's love and affection. This is sibling rivalry at its best. Now, I am blessed with two really awesome kids. They are kind and loving and compassionate and fun t funny and entertaining individuals. And I try my very best to show them each how much I love them as individuals. I give them my focused attention and I give them an equal amount of chores and lectures so they don't feel excluded. And so that I don't show favorites. But still, the sibling rivalry can come out and they argue, and they fight, and they, they, they act out in unhelpful ways to get attention. And the gift of having a week when we could just focus on one child, it reminded me of that and how much that unconditional attention and love is needed for them to know a thousand percent. Because I noticed that while they missed their sibling, they actually did, I didn't know if they would, but they missed their sibling while they were gone. But the one child who was there was more relaxed and calm because they knew that my attention was solely on them. There was no need or, or even a perceived need that they needed to compete with anyone for me. And this is what Joseph's brothers wanted. That's it. And with 13 brothers and then all of the other sisters that are not named, but they were there, I'm sure that their feelings were even more intense. Especially when it's this younger brother who's clearly daddy's favorite and who says, oh, I had these dreams and you're all going to bow down to me. Isn't that great? No. Scripture tells us again and again and again that we are brothers and sisters in Christ. We are siblings in Christ. And that's done as a way, a, a, a way to describe how we are united with one another. That we're all part of this larger family. We're created by one God. We are saved by one Christ. We are empowered and enveloped in the love that is the one spirit. And yet sometimes we act like siblings that are rivaling for their parents' attention. Because this unconditional and unending love that is God is hard to wrap our minds around. And so we consciously or we subconsciously think that we need to compete with one another for, our, for God's love or God's affection or attention. And, and we do this like with siblings, right? We do, we've seen this whether we have siblings, whether we're parents, whether we know of siblings, if we're an only child. We've seen sibling rivalry play out. 
But when we're talking about God as our parent, this sibling rivalry, it comes out as greed and jealousy, as racism and sexism and all of the other isms. Because if they, whoever they is, has something, then that's less for me. And if I have more, then that means God loves me more, right? These are the things that play in our minds, whether it's consciously or subconsciously. And it seems a bit dramatic as I say it, but we struggle with this, right? Am I the only one? I'm the only one. Okay. The thing with God is that God isn't human, though. God isn't a parent like Jacob in today's scripture, playing favorites and giving some of us these gorgeous, ornate coats to remind everyone else that we are God's favorite and they are not. That's not how God works. God's love is unconditional and it is equal for each of us. We don't have to compete with one another. There is enough love. There is enough of everything to go around. And I pray that in the coming days, as we go about our day-to-day lives, that we will live into that. We'll rest in that, relaxing our shoulders like my kids did when they were a thousand percent assured of my love. Relax into God's love, being released from the weight of competition and see one another truly as siblings in solidarity with one another, knowing that we are each loved and beloved by God, even if and no matter what. Thanks be to God. Amen. Now, as we prepare for our time of praying with one another and for one another, I do want to invite those who are worshiping online to use prayer at brexelumc.com, or you can also use the comments on Facebook. And I would like for all of us to please stand in body or in spirit and let us sing this next song together. Not believe 
even when my eyes can't see and this mountain that's in front of me can be thrown into the midst of the sea through it all We
may be seated. We have a few prayers that have come in. One is a prayer, Linda asked for prayers for her brother and his wife who have COVID and are away from home in their isolation. And Leslie and Tim asked for continued prayers for Leslie's uh, sister, Dawn. And then Lisa asked for prayers for Jim, um, who is recovering from injuries and is um, grieving the loss of his mother and grandmother. And then also prayers for Joe, um, that he might get the help that he needs um, for mental illness and for the whole Walter family. And then Christy says prayers for all our staff and new technology online. We, we have another camera that's set up over here. And so we're getting all kinds of pictures. We got Tracy on the drums and she's not happy about it. You looked beautiful. It was wonderful. And it's just so very fun to see the new technology um, and being able to help everyone feel like they're a part of worshiping together. And then Elena asked for prayers for a wonderful VBS week. And Craig says, a joy for Michaela and John with their engagement. Yay! <laughs> Michaela, Michaela went on vacation and got engaged. So, yay, congratulations. It's very exciting. With all of that, let us go to our Lord in prayer. Holy God, we come into your presence with praise and with thanksgiving for your faithful love. And we know just as you welcome us, you also welcome each of our prayers. So we bring them to you with confidence, knowing that you will hear us and you will respond. Oh God, we pray for the world that you created, for the people who we share it with, our friends, our neighbors, our family members, for strangers across the street and those across the world. God, we pray for those who are unemployed, those in prison, those who are struggling with addiction, who are hungry, those who feel alone and afraid. God, we know that you have created us and you have created each one of us as siblings. And so we give you thanks for the opportunity to challenge and the challenge of loving each person as you love us. God, may your truth be known. May your comforting spirit be felt. May your healing power envelop this world. Empower each of us so that we might go out and we might share your hope and your peace in every thought, word, and deed. And God, we pray all of these things in the beautiful name of Jesus as we pray the prayer that he taught his disciples. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who have trespassed against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom 
and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Our hope each week is that before we leave, we will give you an opportunity or two or three to go and to live our mission into the world, to create safe spaces, to grow with God and one another in the world, not just in this place. And so we have a few ways of doing that. Next weekend is a busy weekend and a fun weekend. It'll begin with a picnic in the park at Oak Grove Pavilion. And um, everyone is welcome to join. It's Friday evening at 5 o'clock. This will um, be in the same space where we're having VBS. And so it'll have all that, that kid energy, right? And so we can come and we can gather together as a church family have a picnic, and um, we ask that you register and let us know if you would like to um, RSVP for a sub and meal, and that's $5, or you can bring your own meal, and you can come and join with us. And then also the next day, Saturday morning, we have two opportunities to gather together. One is worship in the woods that is over in another pavilion that I don't remember the name of it, and Jenny's not here for me to look at. Meadows. I'm so glad. I'm thankful that other people know more information than me. <laughs> In the Meadows Pavilion, we are going to gather and we're going to have, we're going to walk on, it's a very user-friendly hike, let me just say, and then we'll worship and then we'll come back for coffee and for muffins. And then also on Saturday morning from 9 to noon is Bike Fix-It Day. If you don't want to go for a little hike, you can come here and you can fix bikes. Or you could do both. You could go worship and have coffee and bring it here and fix a bike. And isn't that just wonderful, right? So those are opportunities to get connected. And then also we are collecting um, shampoo and... Uh, Ugh. shampoo, what would you, hand towels, and toothpaste. I knew them. I just couldn't get the words out. I'm sorry. We need these for our hygiene kits that we're going to be putting together on the 24th. So if you're out and about and you want to pick up a couple extra and drop them here at the church, or you can order on Amazon and have them directly sent here, um, that is a great way that we can show people that they are loved and they are valued simply by giving them a hand towel and toothpaste. And then also, I didn't mention this last week, and I'm sorry, but we, are, we have brought back coffee hour between the services, and it's a summer edition, so we're having lemonade and snacks and treats. And so it's a fun time. It's directly after the um, first service, the 8.30 service, so you might have to come a little early. I'm sorry. I know how everyone likes to come in like 5 after 10, I know how you are, and I would be the same way, uh, but come a little early, we can have lemonade together, and it's a fun time to gather and to get to know one another again or for the first time, and if you would like to, to sign up to help with this, it's like um, Don said that the hardest thing was, a, was washing the five cups that they were going to have to wash, like it's super easy to help with, and we want to make it user-friendly. So you can sign up for that in the entryway or sign up at bumclinks.com. And that also, on the website and all the places, has all of the ways to get involved. So with that, let us receive the benediction so that we might go and do God's good work. May the Lord bless you and keep you. 
May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and grant you peace. Go in peace and not in pieces. Amen. Let's walk together for a while and ask where we begin to build a world where love can grow and hope can enter in to be the hands of healing and to Have a wonderful week. Thank you.